Hello, you're listening to Poldark Podcast. We're a podcast dedicated to Poldark, the hip BBC series and the book series created by Winston Graham. Season 2 just finished airing on the BBC and last time we discussed our reactions to episode 10. This week we're going to be doing a season 2 overview and a little review. We will also talk a little bit about the season 3 preview that aired at the end of the finale. <laughs> and I'm going to try to calm down about that. So you haven't seen that. Um, you want to check that video out before you listen. Yeah. Because there will be yep. hella spoilers. Um, as for your hosts, my name is Rita. I live in the UK. I blog at Princess of Poldark and tweet at Rita Bites. And I'm, like, quite happy. <laughs> quite happy. <laughs> Um, I'm Michelle. I live in the States. I blog at Poldark Muses, uh, Poldark, M-M-M-U-S-E-S. Um, I tweet at Musings, M-M-M-U-S-I-N-G-S. And I'm tired. Um, very tired. <laughs> I'm still <laughs> jet-lagged, actually. Um, I just got back from a trip to the UK where I actually had a chance to meet Rita. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Hello, my name is Delenda. I live in France. I blog at Britishly So on Tumblr. I tweet at Delenda Dia. And I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're going to start with a season two summary of just literally everything that happened in the season. So prepare yourself. Uh, episode one Ross is arrested and charged with inciting a riot. Uh, He has five days before his trial begins, but instead of building a defence, he decides to focus on mining. Demelza and Elizabeth each try and manipulate the men around them to try and save Ross from hanging. And meanwhile, Dr. Dwight meets a young heiress and all-round cutie pie, Caroline Penvenon, when he is called to attend her ill pug. Oh, and Francis tries to shoot himself in the head. Which leads to episode two. (laughs) So Francis's gun is thankfully crappy and he lives. Yeah. Demelza tries to talk to Ross's judge the night before the trial. But thanks to George, it's all for nothing. Dwight and Caroline flirt slash fight. Unwin is elected to Parliament and Verity is adorable, as usual. Ross's trial gets underway and it's tense as hell. Halfway through, Demelza dramatically reveals that she is pregnant to Elizabeth, of all people. Hmm. And then after an epic speech, Ross is found not guilty, which is actually not surprising. And Francis and Elizabeth reunite, kind of. (laughs) (laughs) Episode three, a few weeks later, Demelza is still pregnant and Ross is still poor. He has to pay back his loan, but doesn't have the funds. So he and Demelza are forced to sell literally everything they own. Elizabeth invites Ross and Demelza to the Harvest Festival to mend their broken friendship. Meanwhile, Caroline calls for Dwight, fearing that she is sick. He extracts a fishbone in a weirdly flirty way back at Trenwith. (laughs) Ross loses his damn mind and starts flirting with Elizabeth. Demelza overhears and is super depressed when she reveals she is pregnant with his child. Episode 4. Ross... In a misguided attempt to make more money, goes into the smuggling trade, which pisses Demelza off. Ross also sells half his shares in Wheel Leisure 
to start a new venture with Francis. Elsewhere, Demelza goes fishing while she's pregnant, goes into labor while she's fishing, and has a, a dramatic rescue, quote-unquote, uh, scene before she gives birth to baby Jeremy. Yay! Yay! There's also an outbreak of scurvy that has Dwight worried. But it's okay, because Caroline buys oranges for everyone, and Dwight promptly falls in love with her right there. Aww. Episode 5. There is an informer amongst the smugglers. Demelza warns Ross again. He doesn't listen. Surprise. At a party for Caroline's supposed engagement to Unwin, Elizabeth tells Ross that she made a mistake and that she still loves him. Gross. What? Caroline blows the engagement off and goes to flirt with Dwight. They confess their feelings and they kiss and plan to meet again when Caroline is of age. Ross and Francis go mining, but Ross is called away by Pasco to be told that the Warlegans have bought his, his debt and basically now he's their bitch. Thinking he has found copper, Francis goes deeper into the mine and um, he ends up falling and drowning. <laughs> R.I.P. Francis. R.I.P. Francis. Episode 6. Elizabeth is a widow now. She immediately starts leeching off of Ross for attention and protection, and as a result, Demelza is left alone to fend for herself and her son, trying to prepare for Ross's incarceration as he's unable to pay off his debt. And he will soon be sent to debtor's prison. Instead of trying to save his family from destitution, Ross prioritizes Elizabeth selling his only remaining shares in Will Leisure to anonymously buy out Jeffrey Charles's shares in Will Grace. He's saved at the last moment by Caroline, who has anonymously paid off his debts. Elsewhere, Caroline and her uncle clash about her continued interest in Dwight, and she lies, and she says she won't see him again. Finally, after basically ignoring everything Demelza has done to keep their family fed and healthy, Ross buys her a grift of some sexy stockings and shows her how much he longs for her. Episode 7. Ross goes on a smuggling run so that he can speak with Mark Daniel about some copper he saw in Wheel Grace before he left the country. You know, in going on this smuggling run, Ross leaves Elizabeth alone to fend for herself when George begins to feed her stories about unrest in the county, of which there is none but, you know, George. She doesn't hear from Ross immediately and has a meltdown, going so far as to ride over to Nampara to demand to see him. Demelza ain't having it. Meanwhile, Dwight and Caroline are eloping. Yeah. Yay! Yay! But before they go, Dwight is called to help a patient and ends up being pulled into the smuggling nonsense. He discovers who the informer is and works with Demelza to try and prevent Ross from being imprisoned again. Ross is eventually saved, but it means Dwight misses his meeting with Caroline and causing her a lot of heartbreak. She leaves him and goes back to London. Boo. Episode 8. Elizabeth's mother has a stroke, leaving her with the prospect of nursing her alone for the rest of her life. Elizabeth is not a fan of this scenario, and when George offers to marry her, she accepts. Elsewhere, Ross's mind is failing and facing closure in a week. Just when they think they might have found some tin, though there is a collapse, trapping and killing miners. Distraught, Ross returns home to a letter with Elizabeth's news. He ignores Demelza's pleas and rides over to confront her at night. 
They argue, but it leads to sex. When he arrives home the next morning, Demelza is furious and knocks his ass out. I can't help but hear LL Cool J in my head when I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Play in the background. That's appropriate. Episode 9. Demelza is 100% done with Ross Poldock. He tries to half-ass his apologies back into her good graces, but she isn't budging. For some reason, he decides that focusing on the mine will fix his marriage. He gets an injection of cash and he's able to reopen Will Grace. They soon strike tin and it's enough to make them fabulously rich. Meanwhile, Demelza goes to a ball. She flirts with and then attempts to cheat with Captain McNeil, but finds she can't betray Ross. She meets Ross on the beach and they have this huge row um, she says she doesn't trust a thing he says anymore and their marriage is basically in tatters. Back at Trenwith, Elizabeth waits for Ross to abandon his wife and family and come for her. Unsurprisingly, that doesn't happen. He doesn't show and she becomes angry. She decides to get revenge and marry George. They move into Trenwith together. Episode 10. Dwight is heartbroken and decides to join the Navy. Ross is like, oh, that's a bad idea, let me copy it, and toys with the idea of leaving for war too. Demelza is unimpressed and tells him she almost cheated on him with McNeil. Ross flies into a hypocritical rage. He then goes to see Caroline after finding out she was his mysterious benefactor and plays matchmaker, reuniting Caroline and Dwight before Dwight sails off to war. They get engaged. Meanwhile, Verity has a baby. Yay! Yay! And she's adorable. <laughs> Demelza gets shot at for tre- trespassing on Trenwith land, and this incites the locals to riot. Ross comes back to save the day and stop any violence. He ends up pleading with Demelza not to leave him, and that he will never love Elizabeth more than her. Oh, and Lizzie may be pregnant with his child. Boom, bombshell. What a season. Woo. I'm still, like, emotionally exhausted. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. Um, you know, doing the rewatch, I got all the way to episode eight and I had to stop. I was like, I can't, I can't do this right now. I really can't. Um, really a massive change in feel from season one. Mm. But, um, you know, it, it just stands to reason. You know, the relationship is is older and facing challenges. So what were some of the season two themes that, uh, overarching themes that uh, we noticed during the series? Well, by contrast to the first season of Poldark, which I think was more about setting the stage for the characters and their emotional or economic struggles or their class struggles, um, The second season's overriding theme for me was definitely marriage, whether it was Ross or Demelza or even Elizabeth's relationship with both Francis and George. There was a great emphasis on the dynamics between wives and husbands and mixed in there, there was also struggles with um, gender gender politics and gender dynamics. There were a magnitude of different relationships addressed 
this season. And I expect that to be a major theme of the series as a whole. That would definitely be something that will be focused on in season three. But I think the emphasis there in that season will probably be more with war and the repercussions of war mm. as evidenced by that last the last five seconds of the episode with the dramatic <laughs> change yeah. in music, which was like mm-hmm. war. <laughs> <laughs> There were drums now. Yeah, and there were also there was also a much bigger um, representation of the working class, which we saw um, um, from the first episode, and um, when we had the election results, and um, there were also many allusions to the events uh, in France, um, and uh, of course that um, controversial mm. <laughs> mob scene at Trenwitz. So. Yeah, we had a much bigger representation of the working class. And I also thought it was interesting how we really saw the contrast in how um, the working class people were treated compared to um, the gentle folks. So I thought it was interesting to see um, the differences. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, one of the other things that we saw was, you know, the the differences in how the the gentry and the vulgar were treated uh, within the context of the law. We had so many courtroom scenes this season, um, as well as um, kind of this constant presence of, of red coats in and around the area. Uh, it, you know, it's clear with the events taking place in France, uh, people are starting to get more and more nervous. Um, mm. But, uh, you know, we, we see the difference of how people who are members of the gentry class are treated uh, within the, the law. You know, Ross mm. gets off uh, from his trial um, after hearing all kinds of evidence that would make him sound guilty, meanwhile, you know this poor ginger guy winds up throwing a, a horse droppings at Unwin, and you know the next day he's swinging from a gibbet. So, you know the the dichotomies between the the two classes became very clear this season. Um, I also thought it was interesting that how the difference between classes was sort of echoed in the personal relationships as well even in like Dwight and Caroline's relationship you'll see Mm -hmm. the struggle between classes displayed there you've Mm -hmm. got an heiress and even though he's gentry a guy who's very much of the working class and his concerns are their concerns and I guess also in Elizabeth's relationship with George even echoes that because she is gentry and he is always sort of struggling to he's never reached so he's always sort of struggling mm-hmm. to establish himself mm-hmm. within that society and it's interesting because even storylines that you think aren't affected by it are and it's kind of interesting that like the so-called gentry the nobility of Ross and Elizabeth are the ones acting with no morality, cheating on people mm-hmm. and lying to people, and mm-hmm. Demelza, who is who grew up in poverty, is the one with the morals and who believes in the sanctity of marriage. Oh, Winston! Very interesting season. Yeah, I mean, you know, and it. it I haven't watched season one for a while, um, and I think I, I may have to do that uh, over the holidays just to kind of as a pick me up. At this point, um, <laughs> but you know, I, I, it, this past season 
hasn't diminished the amount of love that I have for uh, this series and, uh, you know, both the, the show as well as the, the books. Um, and this is the first time I was involved in the ramp up to uh, the new series coming out. I missed out the, the first time around. Um, and it's been, it's been a real challenge. Um, I think that the, the work was beautifully done. Um, the, you know, the, the cinematography, the music, the acting, you know, the costumes, the hair, maybe not so much, um, <laughs> but oh my God, I feel like I've just been beaten with, with sticks. <laughs> and I didn't have that feeling. I felt uh, for season one, I felt sad and remorseful for Ross and Demelza, um, and worried about you know what this arrest would mean for him. But you know, I I think the uncertainty that I felt at the end of season one um, is nowhere near the uncertainty I'm feeling now after season two has ended i don't know at the end of season one i was like i knew this was coming and i was like mm-hmm. i'm not looking forward to it this is gonna suck mm-hmm. and now i'm like <laughs> after watching the the little teaser trailer i am quite excited about season three so i'm like yeah I'm you more would hopeful. be <laughs> you would don't be. be a hater it's adorable <laughs> <laughs> You will we'll love Stab we'll Khan. Get, we'll get to him in a minute. We'll get to him in a minute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, what was your favorite episode? My favorite episode, probably episode seven, because we got a break from the endless mm-hmm. Elizabeth Ross mess. We got to focus on mm-hmm. Dwight and Caroline, Demelza, and there were some really great action scenes. The yeah. fight Dwight had. <laughs> It was amazing. <laughs> it yeah. Was like ninja. <laughs> um, but like action, romance, drama, and mm-hmm. dodgy knees. We got everything in that episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah. it was a, That was a really great tight episode. Really great episode. It didn't make me feel like completely emotionally ruined at the end. I was like, oh, happy ending. <laughs> uh, mine was uh, episode nine. Uh, you know, Demelza, who's, you know, often questioned her role as Mistress of Nampara, although we've seen her shine as such uh, throughout the season, uh, finally comes into her own, you know, after her ass of a husband betrays her, <laughs> idiotically attempts to apologize multiple times. Um, you know, I think that, that um, Eleanor's performance was absolutely uh, smashing. <laughs> <laughs> Pun for episode eight intended. <laughs> um, and she uh, really portrays just how bone deep uh, the sadness, uh, anger, and disappointment uh, such a betrayal uh, would wind up manifesting uh, itself in her character. Um, you know, uh, this is this is not to say that that Aiden uh, didn't perform, you know, amazingly well. He certainly did, and I think it's it's a credit to the working relationship and chemistry that the two of them have together that made uh, the episode so believable um, and their um, confrontations 
just so fraught with uh, emotion and um, drama. Uh, it, it was it was a, a intellectually it was a joy to watch. You know, as a, a deep seated Romelza fan, you know, it broke my heart. Um, and so um, I'd say that was my favorite episode. Plus, you got the killer red dress action. Oh yeah! Oh. Like that is just one yeah, of the most iconic images I think from the show. You got like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I could have, I could have watched that dress, you know, and, and Demelza walking along the beach for another five minutes. I mean, it was just so beautiful and heartbreaking. Poor Demelza. Woody. <laughs> And uh, my favorite episode, personally, my favorite episode was episode five. Oh my god. <laughs> which is, uh, it's actually ironic. It's actually ironic because um, this is actually the only episode that I have not managed to rewatch again. And um, for obvious reasons. <laughs> and um, I love how. Don't watch it the last 15 from... minutes. You're yeah. fine. <laughs> Yeah, I know, but it's really hard when you know what's coming. But um, yeah, I really loved uh, how it was uh, mainly focused on Francis and um, how uh, there was also the emphasis on his relationship with Ross. Um, mm-hmm. When it started with um, the flashbacks, which I thought was oh incredible. <gasps> so cute. That, and, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, want I, to, like, I, take I remember little when Francis I home. was doing my rewatch for... Yeah, when I was doing my rewatch for it, and the scene opens with that flashback of the two boys running across the beach, you know, I immediately got teary-eyed, and, yeah. uh, you know, I had to stop and go find some tissues so I could get through the episode. I can't even it's look just... at a picture of Kyle anymore. <laughs> <I'm> like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I miss him. He's so cute. But yeah, no, the flashbacks were adorable, and um, because uh, I think uh, the relationship between Ross and Francis, uh, in my opinion, is one of the most beautiful relationships in the story, apart from, obviously, mm-hmm. Demelza and Ross, because um, they're cousins, but they're best friends, they're brothers, so um, I thought it was uh, such a tragic story, I think, and... Um, yeah. I also loved uh, this episode because uh, Francis really came into his own, you know, asserting himself uh, with George. You know, you will mm. never set a foot in my house anymore. Slade. <laughs> Slade. And um, apart from Francis, I also loved um, the development between uh, Carolite. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Caroline and Dwight, that scene in the woods um, oh. when uh, she finally lets herself be vulnerable and. Um, Unbound, and uh, I thought it was so adorable uh, when she said, "I don't know men at all," and it was so oh. great because uh, you saw that she was just a girl who just wanted to. Uh, She's just a girl standing in front and, uh, of a boy asking him to love. I'm not quoting Notting Hill. Hill. You are. You're you're quoting Notting Hill, my friend. It's beautiful. <laughs> And actually, weirdly echoes this. Just a girl. <laughs> Caroline is the Julia yeah. Roberts of this world. I mean, and, and talk about um, yeah, you know, uh, Gabriella through this entire season has uh, been absolute perfection 
oh. as Caroline Penvenen. Uh, you know that that saucy, um, you know, clever, uh, but you know, at her core, you know, truly vulnerable mm. young woman, um, and she has played that character perfectly. So, kudos to her. Speaking of favorite scenes and moments, um, I adored the stocking scene um, in episode six. Uh, the you know, I when I started uh, in the fandom, uh, I w- had only seen uh, the first series of the modern um, production of Poldark, and uh, you know started writing a whole bunch of fanfics um, and missing moments. Uh, and one of the comments that I had gotten uh, fairly early on with one of the stories I'd written was uh, referencing this stocking scene that was going to happen in uh, War Legend. And, uh, you know, they had said, you know, if they don't do it on the show, you know, I hope that you'll write something about it. And so I then had uh, begun reading the books, got to that scene. Um, I understood what they were talking about, and I really couldn't wait to see it on screen. And, boy, they did not disappoint uh, in how that scene went. It was absolutely gorgeous. And um, one of the most most uh, sensual scenes that I think we've seen on the show. It was fuego. Yeah. They, they did good. <laughs> the only thing I'll complain about is that stupid bedpost being in the way. <laughs> <laughs> that stupid bedpost was like right in the way of seeing a really gorgeous, scorchy kiss between the two of them because Demelza was right behind it. Damn you, camera angle. <laughs> Damn you. <laughs> okay, well, um, my favorite scenes, personally, I absolutely adored the scene between Francis and Demelza in episode 5, again, episode 5. Um, at first, I was uh, kind of disappointed that we did not get um, the toast that um, we have in the book, uh, during which uh, Francis, he basically praises Demelza. And um, yeah, but uh, eventually I was uh, happy with what we um, got, because uh, the scene felt more intimate and... Um, Bittersweet at the same time because we know that this is uh, the last scene that Francis uh, ever had <laughs> with someone. So, boo! <laughs> so, yeah, I thought it was such a beautiful scene and um, yeah, I miss him so much. RIP. And um, yeah, RIP. And uh, also, I loved. Um, well, speaking of Francis, I also loved, I forgot to mention it, but uh, one of my absolute favorite scenes this season was in the first episode. Um, that's the scenes that he has with Verity when he arrives mm. at um, the hotel room. I thought it was mm. so raw, so um, emotional, and uh, I, uh, Kyle, he slayed, <laughs> he slayed, and uh, yeah, so... Um, yeah, that was uh, another favorite scene of mine. And finally, Ross's speech at the trial, because basically mm. that is the uh, allegory of uh, why we love slash hate Ross Poldark, because he, he stands up for the for the poor, but at the same time he goes against what his lawyer told him to not to do. So, um, 
yeah, I thought it was such a great uh, monologue and um, props, props, props to uh, the whole team for this gorgeous scene. I mean, uh, my yeah. favorite scene. I really like George's mm-hmm. proposal to Elizabeth. Yeah, oh, yeah. That was a really good scene. It was the yeah, first time I sort of was like, wow, I actually see the appeal of George. <laughs> Taking me to see <laughs> his, his floppy hair and his fake sincerity got to me. I also really like the boat scene because obvious reasons. Like any time they argue, I'm like, yes. That was brilliant. That was so well acted and so funny, and just yeah, that perfect. was brilliant. Um, and also, <laughs> Demel's You're hitting painful. Russ. <laughs> oh yeah. Obvious reason. It's just the best thing to ever happen to me. Oh um, yeah. I also really liked <laughs> the bath scene. Yeah. I just found that like the way they were teasing each other was very reminiscent of the book to me and I was like this could be like straight out of the novel <laughs> it was such mm-hmm. a cute added scene and also sort of shows Demelza's feelings about Ross as a person like she knows he ain't that great but she loves him anyway <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're so good together and I also have to say the the final scene that we see in episode 10 where they are um, on the cliff and it's clear that Demelza still has some apprehension about everything that has happened between she and Ross and um, is probably still trying to figure out uh, whether or not she believes him and his apology that he, you know, finally gets around to making, sort of. Um, kind but of. I love the way, <laughs> yeah, I love the way that, you know, she finally is the one to initiate a kiss uh, between the two of them. And it's very tender and, and hesitant and sweet. And um, it gives me a little bit of hope, but I'm still... I'm still feeling like there's going to be all kinds of discomfort uh, around what has happened uh, in season three. I mean, but it was beautifully, I, beautifully acted. I loved the music in that scene. Oh, and yes. It was just so clever the way they did it. It was like, you think it's about one thing, and then like 10 seconds before it finishes, it's like, boom, mm-hmm. war's coming. Yeah. Like the end of a Game of yeah. Thrones episode or something. <laughs> And Dudley, killing it again. Yeah. Um, what was your least favorite? Oh, my least favorite. Uh, but I, I, I have to say it. Um, it was the mob scene at Trenwith, and um, you know, yeah, it made for good television. And I loved that they had Demelza, you know, attempting to save George and Elizabeth's let them eat cake behinds. Um, you know, now that I've read <laughs> the script and um, listened to the commentary, which, if you haven't had a chance to do that, sweet Lord Jesus, do so because it is hilarious. Um, 
you know, I wish that they'd left the dialogue in at the end uh, when Ross reaches for Demelza's hand. Um, and, you know, Ross's hair all season long, <laughs> seriously. Oh. Um, it was abysmal. Um, and yeah, abysmal is one of my favorite words, and so I had to, to uh, look it up and pull all of the various different um, synonyms for it because it's... I like lamentable. It's, it, Good. It, it it describes it. It's very bad, dreadful, awful, terrible, frightful, atrocious, disgraceful, deplorable, shameful, hopeless, lamentable, rotten, appalling, crummy, pathetic, pitiful, woeful, useless, lousy, dire, and the pits. Yep. That was Ross's hair. Frightful. <laughs> frightful. I was honestly you know, afraid. It was an, yeah. It was an epic fail for the folks responsible for hair as well as continuity. It, it, it was just unacceptable. Um, but I might be a little sensitive about that. I mean, like, I honestly feel like I hated him a little bit more than I usually would just because his hair was bad. It was like, <laughs> you were attractive in doing some of these things. I'd find it easier to forgive you. I mean, I know what that says, like, I'm a terrible person, but it's true. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. So, yeah, that that was my least favorite scene, that mob scene. Well, my least favorite um, plot was uh, the continuing rivalry between Ross and George. I mean, I'm sure that Aiden and Jack have tons of fun <laughs> shooting those scenes. And um, at first it was um, sort of fun, but then as the episodes progressed, I thought it was uh, a little bit redundant. And um, they, they're they supposed to be two men and they behave like two kids on the playground, you know, with their power games. And so, um, yeah. I enjoyed the first fighting scenes, but um, yeah, the one in the series finale, I thought it was uh, ridiculous, especially when Ross tried to burn to burn his uh, his head. I was like, "WTF? Come on, dude!" <laughs> but yeah, yeah, they they could have done with cutting a lot of that. Like oh, it's yeah. just repetitive. Like yeah. they had the yeah. same argument over and over again. Like they would meet. And say something snarky every five minutes, I felt. <laughs> like, they would just run into each other more than they'd run into, like, anybody else. There's mm-hmm. nobody else on the cliff. Why are they bumping into each other? They could have gone, like, a different way. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, if I had to choose one favorite scene regarding their rivalry, it would probably have to be um, when Demelza and Ross visit <laughs> visit him at Cardew to tell him that he will be able to repay Yes. The dead, because that was hilarious. That oh was my god, awesome. that's Uncle Carrie's reaction. That was we'll awesome. Live with me awesome. That and then the the scene or the the shot of when George hears the jury's verdict of not yeah. guilty. <laughs> because he looks like he looks like he's about ready to throw up. <laughs> He'd been so excited and then it was like the dude gets away with this shit again. Oh my god. It is actually kind of ridiculous when you think, how did Ross get away with this? Oh wow. Because he's Ross. So my least favourite thing to watch was probably the thousands of shots of Elizabeth waiting next to the window, staring oh. out oh. looking for Ross. Oh. Literally, it starts in episode one. And it continues 
apparently into zone oh. three. <laughs> Just stop doing it. Oh, God. Like, you could have had one or two. You didn't need 70. Because like, that's all she did all season, <laughs> I swear. She just stood next to that window. <sighs> Overkill. Yeah. I think that's the same yeah. thing with the Ross and George thing. It's like, know when to edit yourself. Like, if you, an abundance of a good thing is a bad thing. I think I just quoted the Spice Girls. Too much of, too much of something. Yep, okay, I just quoted the Spice Girls. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Nineties baby. It's okay. It's all right. You gotta listen so to them. So, how would you overall rate this season? Mm. Mm. So, I think it was really, really good. But, like intellectually, I know it was actually better overall. I think the direction, the acting, the music, the storytelling—like all of it was better. And yet, I had way less of a good time. <laughs> Yeah, it was was a pretty dire season, Um, and, you know, I have to agree, I think that that the the production was absolutely gorgeous, you know, with the exception of the aforementioned hair of doom, Um, but, you know, I am, I really need season three now. (laughs) <laughs> I need to know. I need to know what they're going to do to it. Um, but I, I, I could be happy with maybe a few weeks of a break before they <laughs> give it to me in January. I will take it in January. Yeah, season two was really good, but I, I don't think we can compare season two and season one because uh, they're radically different. And uh, yeah. I think when you st- discover a new show and uh, you end up loving it, so it's kind of hard because you have such high expectations for uh, season two, and mm-hmm. usually it's pretty hard to um, have uh, your expectations met. But um, yeah, it was a very dark season. I know that initially in their interviews when they were promoting season two, they said that it was much darker um, weather-wise, but I did not actually notice it. So it was definitely darker. I think it was um, like wind-wise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I mean, in tone, it was definitely darker. The show itself was mm-hmm. a lot yeah. darker. And I would say that when they were filming, it's definitely harder to color gifts now. So I think like not very bright. <laughs> the lighting. Yeah, I mean, they were filming in the they were filming in the fall and mm. um, winter um, for season two, as opposed to kind of how they wound up filming season one. Uh, so. You know, the, the weather fit the mood. The weather yeah. fit the mood. Yeah, and they did warn us it was going to be depressing, but like, I was, yeah. but I was not damn. prepared. There's no way you can be emotionally prepared for this. This was... No. <sighs> but I, I will say, like, I think the acting on a whole was so much... I don't want to say better, because... Like, it, it was really good in season one, too, but I think, like, just the material they were given to work with meant that they were mm-hmm. giving performances that like blew you away like mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Kyle for instance compared to season mm-hmm. one like everybody was just he, like dead yeah you know I think you know it also probably comes with their growing familiarity with one another as performers 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they've, mm-hmm. they've had an opportunity to, to now do two uh, seasons of a show that, you know, obviously we have season three that is currently being filmed. You know, I'm guessing that season four will, will come along as well. You know, they, they've had an opportunity to, to get to know one another over the course of the last uh, several years now. And with that familiarity, uh, you know, comes that ability to trust one another, you know, in scenes of this, you know, high level of emotional intensity. Uh, so, you know, I think that, that we wound up seeing the, the fruits of all of their labor. That was especially clear with Aiden and Eleanor's chemistry, I thought, like... Mm-hmm. It just blew me away some of their scenes together that it's so intimate and like they have such a shorthand together as actors you really feel yeah. like they're married um not that they didn't last season but like i th- feel like every year they're gonna become more married like the most married mm-hmm. people you've ever seen <laughs> yeah i agree okay so oh okay. at the end of season two Maymoth blessed us with a teaser trailer for season three. So basically, in this very short but very packed trailer, we get to see Ross, who starts a militia. Caroline, Ross, and Demelza attend a fancy pants ball. We are going to be introduced to Demelza's brothers, Drake and Sam, and we see Demelza hugging her brother, Drake. And then we're also going to be introduced to Morwenna Chinoet, who is um, Elizabeth's cousin. So she's looking very pretty and fragile and basically perfect. Then we have Drake and Sam on the cliff, and you know when there's a cliff involved, it's going to involve drama. Feels. Uh, Feelings. <laughs> and yeah, and Caroline on the cliff as well. So yeah, even more drama. Yay! <laughs> but we're also gonna have a beach because Morwenna, Drake, and Jeffrey Charles. Jeffrey Charles is gonna be, I don't know, maybe um, 10, 11, something like that. 18, who knows? <laughs> yeah. He's not show 20. up smoking, <laughs> drinking a six pack. So, <laughs> so yeah, we have Morwenna, Drake, and Jeffrey Charles running on the beach. Demelza slaying on a horse. I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing um, Eleanor uh, riding yeah. because she's so good. Yeah, like it was like three seconds of awesome. Then there's also another um, character introduced. Uh, I think that the Radio Times uh, wrote an article about him, and uh, it happens to be the Reverend Osborne Whitworth, I think. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, apparently he is a um, perv. That's what I read. Sounds <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> accurate. And we have Auntie Agatha still around. Yay! And she looks brooding and sinister. And then we're going to have even more love drama with Morwenna and Drake kissing and back-touching. Sexy back-touching. Well, Aiden, yeah. you've got some competition, but I think you're going to be glad to have some competition. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we also have a very pregnant Elizabeth. Boring. Demelza on the cliff. Yay! And then we have this very controversial 
dude <laughs> in the person of Hugh Armitage, played by Josh, Josh, I think, Whitehouse. Josh, yeah. Yeah, Josh Whitehouse. And he's looking very adorable, like Burberry adorable. And uh, we have George who looks devastated by something. And Ross, yeah, Ross appears to be striding off behind him. And it ends with Ross looking concerned, as always. <laughs> he should be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's season three, everyone. That looked amazing. Give amazing. me Yes. I'm so excited. Yes. I was like more excited about watching this 30 second clip than the whole I know. <laughs> it like. But yeah, I mean, all of that was in a 30 second clip. I mean, that was really impressive. Not that we like. Had Definitely wet the appetite. We, we were like freeze framed every, every little frame. Like, <laughs> what's this? What's this? <laughs> um, it was amazing. Um. What out of all of that are you most excited about? Sam Karn. Me too. <laughs> Hello. What did, Hello. What did you say? Sam Karn. Did you say back porn? <laughs> Sam. Sam. Drake's brother. Demelza's oh. brother. Yeah. No? Yes. Oh my god. Yes. Like, he the, he has the best eyebrows I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Even better than Aiden's. Yeah. No offense, Aiden. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Aiden's are too odd. I'll have to check it out more carefully. I like the, the how angry it makes his. <laughs> I'll have to check it out. I'll have to check them out more carefully. Um, I will send you photos. Um, they. Yeah, but I, <laughs> you know, I I admit they are really attractive. Young Young men, uh, they are hot. Um, although I still wish one of them were ginger. Oh, same. Oh, Drake should be ginger by all right, right? Because Drake's the yes. one that's supposed to look like her. Yes. And Drake's the one I care less about. No offense, Drake. <laughs> <gasps> um, so he could have been. Oh ginger. my goodness! I know everybody loves Drake more, and I'm like, I no. do love Drake. Um, Sam's like a little creepy because <laughs> he's so religious. <laughs> Sam's like super religious. I don't super yeah, religious. He's like forbidden fruit. You're so bad. Mm. Um let's see. I uh, really... Elizabeth Elizabeth looks uh kinda ridiculous because uh, she's standing by the window again. Honestly, does she ever move? Um, and she's wearing that low-slung baby belly that I just only have really one. annoys me. Um, you know, the, the every time Demelz is pregnant, pregnant, it looks like you know she's carrying the child, you know, like all like a basketball, like right down at her pelvis all the time. Um, and now, granted, I've never been pregnant before, so you know, not really sure how that all works um, from uh, uh, personal experience but uh, I'm, I'm thinking you've seen that pregnant people you know they don't be... look like that yeah, <laughs> like... yeah. Um... but anyway so Elizabeth's so, wearing I've got to say like Verity's 
bump looked the most realistic. Oh my mm, God, yes. Yeah. It's just like the whole of her because yes. she's so small. Um, yes. I think they just do worse with taller people. I assume that oh, is quite tall too. Maybe. Maybe. It just looks weird. I also love that every time you see pregnant people, they're always on their third trimester. <laughs> like, yes. you, never, you never get the yes. in-between bit. Just gigantic. Yes, it's like where I'm pregnant and then I'm about to burst. Ross's hair looks better. Well, damn, it's about time. <laughs> I mean, honestly. Um, thank God. I, I appreciate, I appreciate, you know, Aiden growing his hair back out. But, you know, and I know that, it isn't, isn't it um, the dude that plays uh, Jon Snow on uh, Game of Thrones? He's got something in his contract about how he can't cut his hair. Yes, really? Aiden, no more haircutting. Thank you. <laughs> um, I need I'd like the fluffy hair. I'd like to thank Jesus and also God for his hair being back. I can watch you again. Um... <laughs> I don't, like, I'm just going to spend this just like lusting after people. I love Josh Whitehouse, who's playing Hugh Armitage. He's so funny. Like, um, started following him. Stop grumbling, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's so funny, and he was posting pictures from the set. Like, he's always um updating his Instagram with like. <laughs> he's just really strange and adorable and I find him like to be quite kind of a dork and I'm worried that this love I have for the actor is going to bleed over onto Hugh and Michelle, uh, Michelle better now, I'm going to keep my eye on you Miss Thang um, I can't help it <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, we're going to have to have a talk He, I think also from his Instagram they were filming some interesting things recently um, you should follow him, everybody, if you want to get, like, low-key spoilers. Spoilers you only know are spoilers if you've read the books. Like, they're so low-key. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. He's really adorable. Last I heard, we're going to be seeing this in the fall of next year. <laughs> it's fine. Mama can hope for spring, but I... I really don't think that they're going to do that. That's not happening. I can only hope that uh, they'll find up. They'll they'll finally do a, a simulcast between the UK and the US because this yeah two week I don't even two get week why they delay do that. thing has just been a pain in the butt. Like I don't either. As after anyway, because we're ahead of you in time. <laughs> like mm-hmm. even if it's just a few days. Oh, exactly. Or hours. Exactly. I meant hours. You know what I meant. So I mean, we can't even we can't even buy the the DVDs over here yet. Christ. They are not going to be released until, um, I think I get this week. I think that they're they're finally releasing them today. Wait, when did the final air? Yesterday. The final hasn't aired yet. The final. You sure? Will air in God, the you're states on this coming. Oh yeah, but you've got Thanksgiving. Yeah. Christ. You had, a, mm-hmm. and, and then the the president. Um, yeah, they debate. had the presidential debate, which um, you know they didn't show an episode for that. But you have to remember that the first episode that we saw was actually episodes two. one and two. Mm. Yeah, it's like way to make it confusing, PBS. Um, I know, right? 
praying for you. Oh, America. and do not get me started on the editing that <laughs> PBS has done to this show, especially the last episode, um, episode nine. That it breaks. was it was it was criminal. Um, some of the the edits that they were making uh, to that episode, uh, we missed half of Aunt Agatha's talk. Um, <laughs> You know, at the beginning, where um, uh, she basically is telling Elizabeth that you know she needs to hope that that Ross, you know, comes over and you know does the right thing. Yeah, they cut half of that speech out. Um, they also cut a chunk of uh, the next day breakfast, and maybe next day, day and day after. Um, Who knows where it is in time? Ampara, where? Huh? Who knows where it is in time? Like it could be in uh, exactly a next year. For exactly, yeah. but uh, the the scene where uh, Ross basically comes downstairs and Demelza is really pissed off and being passive aggressive about the letter that came. We missed the entire start of that that's crazy then it just seems like Demelza is super wound up for no reason Mm -hmm. that's okay you know I mean we don't even see her say you know the the letter is you know in the library on your pillow that that whole section was cut and the first inkling that we have that Ross is going to have to go out is when he comes back in and says you know I'll, I'll be going to Truro and Demelza says, "Why don't you just admit that you're going to Elizabeth?" Yeah, I have the. I haven't had, had the 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 stomach to watch what they did to you know the episode because I know in some markets they made pretty dramatic changes to um, the scene. The scene. So, uh, is that are there advert breaks? No, there aren't any in the middle of the show. They have them at. The, 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 you know, the start and finish so you know they will say you know the you know this program is presented you know thanks to you know and then they have two or three different sponsors commercial sponsors um and then um they start the show so they've got a cut um i would imagine probably at least a minute if not a minute and a half two that seems and, so strange. You know, could take Just it. have less adverts. <laughs> like, come on. Well, there's that, or you know, you know they could have cut out uh, some of the window walking pacing scenes. I they could have done that. I think we still got all of those. I mean, if you really, oh Christ, if you cut out them, you've got at least yeah. twenty minutes, right? <laughs> <laughs> At least, at least. So, poor oh, Americans, you have a lot dear. to deal with. <sighs> hey, I did a hashtag just said, get the DVD. <laughs> <laughs> get the DVD. Yeah. Because the DVD that they will release is the original um, British release. So, oh, thank God. You will get all the missing scenes. All the BBC yeah. stuff, yeah. yeah. As well as actual mm-hmm. deleted scenes. Yes. yes. I have the DVD. It's so good. Get it. 
get mm-hmm. it. Support the show. Uh, messages? Yeah, messages. we got some messages. So again, thank you guys for sending them. So um, the first question is from Lady Mad Chen. Now that the series is over, who was your acting MVP of the series? And what was your favorite scene? What was your favorite theme of the season too? So personally, um, I think everybody will agree on the fact that Eleanor is definitely an MVP. But uh, personally, I was just so moved by Kyle. Like, he killed me, like I said. And um, his performance was uh, so powerful. And uh, we dearly miss him. R.I.P. R.I.P. What was your favorite theme? Um, I quite liked the focus on class struggles. Mm -hmm. I thought it was just interesting. Um, especially given how topical it is recently and the rise of the working poor and that mm-hmm. all of their repressed anger. Um, mm-hmm. Just kind of interesting to see it manifest itself, even in ways you don't usually see mm-hmm. on the show, even in like the romantic relationships. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we've talked about Let's favorite see. scenes, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. Um, I think I would also uh, like to add, I really enjoyed uh, the scenes with uh, Beatty. Oh, yeah. yeah. As Prudy. Um, I, I really enjoy how they have um, kind of made this character into um, a thing. Uh, somewhat maternal um, mm. uh, person for Demelza to kind of have in her life. Um, and uh, so I I've, I really thought that she did a, a great job uh, this season. That scene so. where she was holding a wake in her fancy new hat. Yes. She's just amazing. <laughs> uh, I hope she yes. gets given more to work with. <laughs> I wish to speak to the conflagration. <laughs> <laughs> That was genius. That was just genius. Oh, gosh. Okay. Uh, We have another question. This was uh, from Anonymous. Um, Have many questions about Ross's season. Yes, we do too. Um, Particularly around his motivations. Uh, I believe that his abysmal, hey, Fran of my favorite word, um, his abysmal treatment of Demelza stems from uh, some combination of his grief over Julia's death and his guilt over his rec- recklessness and entrepreneurial failures, among other things. Um, I completely agree. You know, one of the things that I love doing is getting inside of the head of these characters and figuring out why they do what they do. And, um, you know, when, when, Dr- when Dwight said that Ross had some kind of mental breakdown the night of the rack um when he testified at the trial um i believe he was 100 percent correct um it, and it continues with all of the things that happen in the series um you know one of the lines that sets the stage for ross's thinking and you know is mainly wrong-headed thinking was when he tells demelza that he would rather not spend time thinking about the trial uh, or things beyond his control and to focus on things that he had control over. 
So, you know, for him, uh, dealing with his grief uh, was outside of his control, so he plunges into the mine. When George becomes more and more controlling over real leisure, he jumps ship and starts Grace. You know, as his financial situation spirals out of control and puts his family in jeopardy, he shifts gears and focuses on the newly widowed Elizabeth, you know, becoming the handyman around the house for her. You know, he is avoidance personified. Uh, and, um, you know, because the, to face the truth head on would break him. And, you know, Demelza basically says that after, you know, he's gone and done his stupid thing at Trenwith. You know, he she keeps telling him to, to be honest with uh, Elizabeth, with her and himself. And Ross continues to run away from that until it is almost too late. Um, and I think this is why he's in such a precarious state when uh, Elizabeth's letter arrives in his hands. Uh, you know, he, he just had the, the mine collapse. People died. He was completely distraught about that. Um, and this letter shows up. It's the straw that breaks the camel's back. It's one last thing. He thinks he can control, and clearly he he doesn't, um, and he's not able to. Um, the other part of this question is, does Ross actually consider leaving Demelza after he was with Elizabeth? Do you think he instantly regretted what he had done? Also, would he have left Demelza if he had had something to offer Elizabeth? Man. I, uh, I, I, I strongly disagree with the idea that he ever, ever considered leaving Demelza. I think this is a case where he loved Demelza constantly and his love for Elizabeth sort of kept blipping in and out and he was back in mm -hmm. a situation where he thought that Elizabeth was an option for him and he sort of had to just when when he slept with her and he realized that it jeopardized his relationship with Demelza he made a subconscious choice just to drop Elizabeth completely. Mm -hmm. I think if he mm -hmm. even considered leaving with Elizabeth, like he would have been more conflicted about approaching Demelza. He wasn't mm -hmm. like you could see in his interactions. He was just desperate to try and get that relationship back, and he wasn't focusing on Elizabeth at all. Mm -hmm. I don't think it even really crossed his mind. Um, the conflict he has and there is conflict is the fact that he still has feelings for Elizabeth when he's talking mm -hmm. when he's trying to get his relationship back with Demelza he can't say to her I don't love Elizabeth anymore like he wants to be mm -hmm. honest with her and that's the mm -hmm. conflict within him it's not so much that there's he wants to be with Elizabeth I think he just wants to be able to say I'm 100% done. Does that mm -hmm. make sense? <laughs> I feel like I ramble. Yeah. Yeah? Um, no, I think that that makes total sense. Um, you know, when he was leaving Trenwith that morning, um, you know, I, if he could have gotten out of there without waking her up, he, uh, he probably would have been thrilled to do so. He, the, he was not a man who looked to be uh, desiring a... a post-coital, post-mortem um, with Elizabeth. I think he totally so, yeah. treated it like a one-night mistake mm -hmm. rather than yep. a choice that he made. Yeah, yeah, I agree. 
Um, so, so thank you, Anonymous, for the question. Dorothy Jack. Big picture analysis. I think we see Graham's thesis of a portrait of a marriage and journey towards equivalence of Ross and Tamelza begin to come to the fore during season two. We saw Ross's failings and fall from grace and Demelza's ascendancy. That's an interesting point um, <clears throat> because I often felt in season one and in the first two books that their relationship wasn't necessarily on equal footing, that Demelza <laughs> sort of hero worshipped Ross. And <clears throat> this was certainly a fall from grace, I think. <clears throat> It's honestly good and healthy that this happened for, for from Demelza's perspective because they have more of an equal fitting now. What do you guys yeah. think? Yeah. I mean, you know, God, I hate to think of her having to go through that betrayal in order for, for that to happen. But, um, you know, it it does put them on an um, even playing field uh, as they look at the future of their relationship together. Uh, I, and I thought that the speech that she gave uh, while sitting queen-like in the middle of uh, their marriage bed, um, that, you know, she basically said, you know, at one point, you know, I, I basically, you know, worshipped you as, you know, master long before we married and, uh, you know, thought, you know, my goodness, how lucky am I for someone like this to, to marry someone like me. <laughs> and yeah, no, that those days are over, son. Um, and, uh, you know, it was something that uh, probably, as you said, had to happen in order for them to be able to move forward. But geez, what a way to, what a way to have to go through that. Um, the second part of the question, the rise of Queen D and Ross's emotional illiteracy um, superb supporting cast, especially Aunt Agatha and Prudy. Aiden and Eleanor's mm. um, should offer chemistry tutorials. Subtly <laughs> <laughs> um, refined production and cinematography aesthetic. The acting, the acting, and the acting. Um, oh my god, I can't praise the cinematography enough. I think <sighs> it's just so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And the conditions they were working on in um, were crazy. The yeah. set blew away one day. No <laughs> <laughs> grace. But it looks really beautiful. Yeah. They've, yeah. they've done a beautiful job. Makes you want to visit Cornwall. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. So, new question from Anonymous. To me, it seemed that season two was a lot more relationship-focused than season one, although there were the marriages and Verity getting her happily ever after, after she got together with Captain Blamey before the conclusion of season one. Now, between the romance of Dwight and Caroline, the love triangle, or is it a square now that George is involved? Reigniting with a vengeance after the death of Francis, Verity's new family, and McNeil sniffing around in Para, the minds seemed to sort of take a backseat. Well, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, I still felt like there was, there was a lot of mining crap. Like, there was a lot. The whole bit with him trying to find copper and then going to find 
what's his face rat hair and then <laughs> like oh i didn't he didn't know where the copper was and then sent him back and then it's like oh we found tin oh no there's a collapse oh we found more tin i'm like oh god just 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 stop <laughs> i can't take the mining drama <laughs> Well, shareholders meetings. Shareholders meetings. Stop it. It 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 is kind of what makes the money, though, dear. (laughs) I know, but it's like I don't care that much. (laughs) I can't watch a group of old men talking to each other about mining anymore. Like I'll cry. (laughs) Well, I I think that it will probably. begin to uh, settle out uh, come next season, you know, now that that uh, Ross and the, the Wheel Grace uh, mine, of which he is the sole share owner uh, at oh this God. point, um, is, you know, choking on tin. Um, and, you know, the war is taking place. He also has the uh, partial stake in the uh, boat business that um, oh goodness his name just flew out of my head Trend. Yeah. isn't that Tonkin? Yes. yes yes sorry Rory uh, <laughs> um, but uh, you know I, I think that I, I, I'm guessing that it's probably going to wind up taking um, uh, a bit of a backseat since they finally found something that is going to give them the money that they need the the search really is over so um but hopefully I do, you'll get your wish i do agree that it was more relationship focused i think that's just the nature of like a second series and getting deeper into mm-hmm. the characters i mean mm-hmm. it wasn't all like romantic relationship i mean you got development on all fronts even mm-hmm. like george and ross who some people think is romantic. <laughs> Wrong. Um, Let's not go there. Yeah. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> uh, this is a question from our friend Amanda R. Prescott uh, on Twitter. Um, can anyone speak to the borrowing of the changes in the 1975 series made to this section of the story this season? Uh, season 1 through 1975 out the window in comparison. Um, I asked Amanda for a little clarification on what she meant uh, by this and was surprised to learn that the mob scene at Trenwith and Ross's attempt to sign up for the army were both depicted in the 1975 series. What? Not good edition. I know, right? So I think it would be very interesting to do a side-by-side comparison between the two series here on the show so i know that that was one of the ideas we were kicking around um Um, uh, for things to do during the poll drought um i am now starting to become even more enthusiastic to do that um because it'll be cool to kind of see what they did and and how much sass we could bring to the table like we would rip it think about how much sass we could bring to the table Mm -hmm. we would slay it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> why are you doing that Ralph? anyway exactly so um uh the, the other part of the question that she 
he had uh, was that the overall costuming this season was stri- slightly truer to the time. Uh, there were still some issues with the inconsistent hair <clears throat> and uh, the <laughs> modern makeup. Um, and she also closed with this. Am I the only one who keeps thinking about Act 2 of Hamilton during Season 2? So many parallels in themes and plots. Uh, you know, you're not the first person to discuss the parallels between Poldark Season 2 and Hamilton. Um, I've not seen the play. Um, I oh, would love to see yeah. the play, but you know, apparently How do you it's get sold tickets? out through 2017. <laughs> you can just listen to the soundtrack. I mean, the soundtrack is enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so that is something that I need to do. Um, I've gotten a little taste of of uh, how it was created thanks to a program that was on uh, PBS um, yeah. a few weeks back. But I'm very interested to, to kind of understand the, the parallels between the two. I mean, I vaguely know the storyline because I Wikipedia did it. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. and I understand that there is some similarities in terms of like a love triangle but mm-hmm. also I live in the UK um, so I haven't seen it either I am going yeah. to try and like beg Brian Steele to get to the West End version but until I actually see it with my eyeballs I can't yeah. really discuss it yeah <laughs> I no I, I'm the same I'm the same way so we'll see I know that there's a I think there's a touring um, production that is um, going around the the country right now. So in California, uh, if it I think. does wind up, you know, if it does wind up coming to Seattle, I will be there. Uh, next question, anonymous. Do you think Ross will actually keep his word about Elizabeth never coming between him and Demelza ever again? Yeah, I think he will. Because uh, I mean, <laughs> if he doesn't, well, she will leave him for sure. And uh, the story. Is still about uh, Ross and Demelza, and um, yeah, that was a pretty big mistake that he made. So, uh, I mean, he'd have yeah. to be stupid to do it again, right? Yeah, I mean, he is stupid, stupid but not that stupid. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also, yeah, I, Elizabeth I, I, would not even have him at this point. <laughs> she no. is done with him. <laughs> uh, but no, I think that that he was completely sincere uh, in saying that that. Elizabeth will not come between um, the two of them again. I mean, the problem with that is (laughs) he's sincere in how he feels, um, but there are consequences and repercussions to his actions, and I think, like, the ghost of what he did will haunt them (laughs) to be a naysayer. That's going to be, like, that. what he did is probably going to come between him them more than Elizabeth. Like, it's a non-issue really for me. It's more betrayal. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, final question from Smiles with Grace. I just discovered this amazing show and then found your podcast and I love it. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Do you think you guys will ever rewatch season one and do podcasts for those or only new episodes as they come along since the starting of season two? You guys are doing an awesome job and I can't wait for the next podcast. Thanks again. Mm. Yeah, actually, we um, were planning on um, doing a podcast uh, on um, a retrospective on series one, so we are looking forward to it. It's going to be cute. 
we're going to be happy. Yeah, again. the good old days. Um, I think that'll be fun. That would be really fun. Mm. Um, and thanks for liking us. We try. Yes, yeah. <laughs> indeed. So that is everything that we have for this episode. Uh, next time we will be revealing our holiday giveaway as well Woo! as discussing <laughs> the women of Poldark. And we'd love to hear what you think on the subject. So please uh, get in contact with us. The ask box is always open at poldarkpodcast.tumblr.com or you can tweet us at poldarkpodcast. Uh, we really do want to hear from you. And uh, if you like this podcast, please like, reblog, retweet, or review us on iTunes. We have been reading the reviews on, on uh, iTunes and it's really exciting to to see them come through. So uh, please let us know uh, what your thoughts are on the, the podcast uh, if you happen to download from iTunes. See you next time. Have a good week. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye.